Welcome to Adapter's Advantage, breakthrough moments that lead to success. Our podcast brings you insider stories of the moments that mattered, turning points on the sometimes rocky road to success. Here's your host, Mark Magnaca, president and co-founder of Alego, the workforce training and readiness platform built for distributed teams. Hi, I'm Mark Magnaca, and welcome back to the next episodes of the Adapter's Advantage podcast. I'm excited to be here with Mark Bowden. Now, Mark has recently spoken at one of our conferences called the Sales Success Summit, and it was such an amazing experience. I wanted to bring him to our listeners and viewers of this podcast. So before we jump right in, I want to give you a little background on Mark. He's been voted the number one body language professional in the world for two years running. So now's the time to sit up straight. You'll see me do it even if you're sitting at home. He's the, the founder of uh, the communication training company, Truthplane, whose clients include leading business people, politicians, presidents of Fortune 500 companies, and prime ministers of G7 powers. With years of experience training people across the globe on how to use digital media most effectively for better communication, Mark is now even a trainer for Zoom, yes, the company Zoom, equipping their new employees with best practices around virtual communication. His TEDx talk has reached millions of people, and he's regularly called upon by the media to comment on body language around elections and debates. He's the author of four books on body language and human behavior, including the recent bestseller, Truth and Lies, What People Are Really Thinking. So I'm excited to have him here on the podcast. Mark Bowden, welcome to the podcast. Mark, thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thanks for the great introduction. It's lovely to be with you. Well, Mark, uh, when you meet people for the first time, given all that I've just said, and they ask you the question, so Mark, what do you do? How do you answer that question? Here's what I say. I'm Mark Bowden. I'm an expert in human behavior and body language, and I help people all over the world to stand out, win trust, and gain credibility every time they communicate, including some of the leaders of the G7. So that's kind of my, I don't know, my broadcast standard uh, introduction. I'm not sure I'd turn up to a, a cocktail party and and and, and, uh, and say that. <laughs> what I might say nowadays, uh, yeah. I might say, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a YouTube uh, creator." Because apparently, you know, for kids, that is like the number one job to have is like YouTube creator. And and I've now, you know, I've got this YouTube channel with my friends, the behavior panel, we've now got over 300,000 subscribers, we've grown that in a year, it's one of the fastest growing uh, YouTube channels around. And so now I can say I have like the greatest most popular job on the planet, it used to be uh, spaceman and I, and I wanted to be a spaceman when I was right, a kid. Right. now everybody wants to be a YouTube creator. So maybe right. I, I should say that more now. So one of the things just to kind of set the stage for everybody, I know that your undergraduate degree was in performing arts. Mm -hmm. So tell me, how is what you learned in the realm of performing arts applicable? And to what extent did it inform the direction that you went? Yeah, so when I was doing performing arts, I was really, really focused on visual theater, um, physical theater. I was obsessed with the human body right, right from being a kid, because I was obsessed by natural history and animal life and, and Darwin 
and adaption and just, you know, how we showed up on this planet in the first place. And then also like now we're here, how can we work out what other people are are doing? So, you know, my vantage on performing arts was really how does it use imagery in order to provoke a response out of other human beings? Like when you show up and you watch a film, for example, how is it that the whole audience are feeling the same feeling when there isn't actually anybody on that film feeling a feeling anymore, even if they were in the first place, they Mm. left a record of, of a feeling that they had or some information that they knew would trigger us all into feeling that feeling. It really was at that point still for me, this world of mass, communication which i just think is an extraordinary thing i just think it's it's extraordinary look you know human beings we're we're one of the only few species on the planet that have language and so and so because of that we can cooperate together in an incredible way means we can build structures millions of times larger than our own body Ants can do that. Bees can do that. They have language as well. Obviously, not like our language. They don't talk to each other like in the cartoon ants or the or cartoon, <laughs> you know, animation bees. They have another way of 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 using language. But we have language. Uh, we have body language as well, which isn't really a language. It's an animal communication system. But because of that we can co-op together, we can organize and build things over time greater than ourselves. So I think, you know, to to answer your question there, um, performing arts was a a brilliant grounding in, in human behavior and visual media and how that can affect people on a grand, grand scale throughout history, into the future, and and into the millions. Hope that answers your question there, Mark. Well, it does, Mark, and it actually brings up a couple of interesting uh, related things. Now, like many Americans, I am I'm fascinated with the premise of the monarchy, and <laughs> um, you know, having not grown up in that culture, but I will tell you that uh, my wife and I watched every episode of The Crown. Yeah. And and so beyond the costumes and so much of what you just described, this ability to evoke an emotion from something that was recorded months or maybe even now years ago, um, it, it makes me think about, first of all, the body language of a monarch mm-hmm. and, and to what extent they learn to walk in a certain regal way. You almost never see a king running or the queen <laughs> yeah. running, right? There's, there, if you think about every aspect about the way they conduct themselves, you can snap a picture of them and you rarely catch them in some uh, unbecoming pose. So my first question is, um, having grown up in England, well, what, what is your observation about this, particularly for the monarch, uh, in the case of Queen Elizabeth, the, the training they get to telegraph the kind of body language messages that you're describing? Well, I see, I think Queen Elizabeth II, the current monarch, who's been a reigning monarch longer than any other monarch in British history, is is an outlier to all of this. Because number one, 
Uh, she has been monarch over a, a period of mass communication that has never been seen before. Yes, she that's true. Mass television. She saw, um, she's seen the internet. I mean, you know. Color television for her. Absolutely. Right? Communication revolution. She's been through, you know, at least a, a, a couple of them. Whereas other monarchs, I mean, back in the day, you know, they were probably sending carrier pigeons or, you know, some somebody had to run up the length of the country to get right. a message to say, oh, here's what the monarch says. Right. And they'd probably go, who? We're so departed from that. Yes. We don't know who that is. So, so um, you know, as context changes... I think she has done a brilliant job of working out what a monarch is and what a current monarch should be. And I think to be true, she has invented that, ah. um, you, you know, and, and so and so I think to your point, I don't think there is any training there could be now. But I think ultimately, she invented the training because she was, you know, plunged into this role because of the abdication of her um her uncle uncle, uncle and yes. then her father's relatively early death she was she was kind of she was never going to be queen and well it's interesting is, that, that you know? say that because uh you're absolutely right if you and because my one of my favorite movies is the king's speech yeah and there couldn't be really a better example of the importance of your work than when you watch that speech and you you see uh, her her father um, all dressed up. Yeah, he's got he's got the walk walk right. He's got everything. Yeah. He, the package is complete. But when he goes to open his mouth with this really difficult stutter, um, it, it 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 undermines so much of the 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 communication, right? Right. And so she also witnessed that, right? And she she witnessed kind of this metamorphosis where he was never great at it but he he got to the point where he could actually do it and uh and still command that audience even though he wasn't a gifted speaker well i mean that's interesting isn't it because what what we're dealing with with a stutter is essentially a rhythm that's all it is it's a rhythm and human beings will not trust that particular rhythm so is it that we don't trust the monarch well they have nothing to do that their way of leading us or representing us with more importantly has nothing to do surely about the rhythm of their speech but for us as a people we how else do we judge a monarch like how else are we going to decide is this going to be good or bad look mark when it comes to to sales you know you've got somebody who shows up on video okay you've you you don't know very much about their product and service you've probably done a little bit of exploration but now you know you want to know a little bit more and you want to meet a representative of the product or service mm-hmm. and they show up and there is like how do we judge the product and service we don't know anything about it we're meeting the representative well we take our feelings about the representative and we project those onto the product and service so you could have the greatest product and service okay but if your representative shows up and represents it for the audience in a way that causes concern well that's your product or service dead in the water yeah. they'll go to a worse product and service but with a a better representative of, of very that. interesting point let, let me pivot 
uh, to to the sales world, where I know you mm. you have applied so much of what you've learned. Um, we've talked about some examples of, of how it's used effectively. What are some of the biggest mistakes that salespeople or sales leaders make in this virtual realm when they're communicating? Yeah, well, look, as you imagine, just like you, you know, over the last year, and I mean, you, I know you've been thinking about it longer than I have, but certainly for me, over the last year and a half, just like our audience, you know, I have been plunged into this virtual world. Uh, I'm pleased that I got, it's been a bonus that I've been plunged into it because it's caused me to do some thinking about this and every day get in front of the camera with the people who are most important in my business and work out like, how do you do this really well? And what are the results? If you, if you like, is this economical? Is yes. this a good machine? Like, yes. you know, and, and, and here's what I've, I've learned. This does some things better than live. Okay. It does some things like so much. And, and, and let's just discount, not discount them, but let's put aside the economic factors like you and I, anybody can work out the economics of this, like a right. camera costs X an internet connection costs X and a plane or, a, or a, even a car ride costs Y you can do the math. Right. So just to, to, just to put a point on that, Mark, before we go on, I want to make sure for no. everybody, separate from the money that Mark's talking about, right, there's also the most precious commodity for any of us during our entire lives, and that is time. Right. So the, the real question then becomes, if separate from just the, the return on investment, so to speak, of the cost of doing this thing versus getting on an airplane, the question is the value of your time to be able to go, for example, to have a first meeting in a different city with a prospect who may not be interested in what you're talking to, you know, about at all. So the question is, you know, has the threshold of what is quote essential travel been raised? And I think whether people agree with what you're about to say or not, it's undeniable that in almost every company we interact with, the threshold for when you are going to travel for business has been increased. Now, it's not that you can't do it, it's just that there's gotta be a reason. Right, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a reason. And, and can that reason, can you only do that, that reason through uh, traveling? Well, look, let's just kind of answer it in this way. Here's what I know to be true about, about this. This does personal connection actually really well in a super economic way. I mean, Mark, this is, I don't know, like the second, maybe even the third time, it may be even the second time that we've, that we've, that we've met. All right, maybe it's, only the sec it's only the second time and, and other than your, your <laughs> okay. keynote, the keynote, okay. but I wasn't, yeah. Right, right, right. okay. Um, look, you know, first oh, I feel like I, I was going to say, like, I know the couch now. I know the books. Right. I know the, the, the pictures of your family, right? Yeah, you're in my home again. Right. You keep coming round to my <laughs> house. Okay. Yes. And that's good for me and it's good for you and it's good for our relationship. That and green blanket, Mark. I, 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 green blanket, I, like, I, I would wrap you in it. If it was cold, <laughs> I would wrap you in it. I would, you know, look. I, I would say say this is that what people get wrong is is they believe that personal isn't professional and I want I want you if you think that I want you to turn that on its head and if you even look here's what I want you to think here's what I want you to know okay personal is the new ideal of professional okay mm. the more personal you can get with that person on the other side of the camera the more 
professional they will believe you to be and the more professional you will be being. Because look, in terms of product, and I don't care what product it is, it could be a little widget or something, you know, that costs a few cents that you buy on mass, or it could be a super expensive, you know, you're buying an oil tanker or something like that. I don't know. Sure. Something super, super expensive. Okay. The details of that are available on the internet. You know, anybody in sales right. knows that there, there isn't, you know, it's not about data anymore. There's plenty of data. It's about trust and credibility. And you can win trust and credibility really fast via camera. You can save even more time because you get in people's personal spaces. And as long as you play into that rather than you push against it, okay, you will have a more a less um, less friction in the relate in the business relationship because the Great last point. thing you want in anything is friction. Like in any sales process, friction, friction kills it, doesn't it? It's right. like they're not calling you back. It's like you don't know where it's going. Well, they've got to ask somebody who needs to ask somebody. It's like it's all ground to a halt right now. The more you can free up and make and make it less friction, even if it's just like, well, my video platform, it's just a, a press of a button rather than I've got to go through a whole bunch of hoops in order to and do some crazy dance to even, you know, Get, on, get going get right online it's yeah. like oh, i can't even be bothered it's such a it's such an effort the moment you take down that friction you win an advantage and friction is taken away um in in if you can set up your environment right and you can perform right and you know how this works really well friction will go down now let's just put that against um if we were to meet usually in the usual world um, I don't know, I would have probably flown, you know, somewhere near you and I'd go, hey, Mark, I'm kind of in the area. So, you know, do you want to meet up? And you'd go, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, and then maybe we'd have met at a Starbucks uh -huh. somewhere, you know, because it's easy and it's, right. but we've just met somewhere totally corporate and faceless, which is designed really for nothing important to ever occur there yeah. I mean, how many starbucks meetings do you go yeah i think I, well we, i'll have to think about that and, and i think we'll need another meeting and we'll right we, you're we not deciding at starbucks in most cases yeah exactly whereas we had our first meeting you know you're in my home okay i can see you really close up right okay so i'm getting lots of information from you and instantly we're working together we're coming up with ideas we decide to do this like I would suggest there was zero friction. Right, you it was a very going, going. Yeah, I don't know, Mark. I'm not sure. I think I've got to. I'll have to talk to some people about. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. No, it's a great. So the takeaway that I'm getting, Mark, is there's several critical things I want our our listeners to hear. One is that we call it. It's a myth, right? And, mm -hmm. and the myth that so many salespeople believe is if I can't do it in person, it can't be as good. And you're basically turning that myth on its head, saying actually it can be better. Yeah, it can be better for a couple of different reasons, right? One of which is you can do more of them. And the second is it can actually be more personal because especially for B2B sellers, it was very rare that you were ever in in the home of uh, your customer, nor were they in yours, right? Yeah. So so I'm, I'm taking that first piece on, on personal connection. Now, the thing that you did that, that shocked me in its effectiveness was that like many people, I have taken media training 
and I've done acting, mm-hmm. and I was always taught in in that in the in the era before all of this happened that whether whether you were a newscaster, and I thought about this, you've been on camera more than most newscasters who who did one hour of news every night for twenty years. Yeah. You know, you've been on six hours a day, right? So you've yeah. already been on camera more than most actors have been, because yeah. actors are only in front of the camera for tiny, a short period of time. time right? Yeah. But you've done something with your hands. So most of us were taught you sit with your hands, you never put your hands in front of the camera, but you have a whole different philosophy about this. Can you tell our viewers about your belief and, and the science that supports it around the importance of using motion in this yeah medium called video well look when i first started working in film and studying film so i can't remember who told me this but they went uh, mark it's a moving visual medium the <laughs> shot mu- something must move right you otherwise know? what's the point otherwise, <laughs> what's the point yeah it's like hang on you know because back in that day we'd be you know burning you know 32 millimeter film right. super expensive like you cannot believe how expensive it is. So it's like, come on, we're, we're, we're burning film, like do something, have right. something happen, okay? Same thing is these are actors, not philosophers, so they must act. They must do something, not just think something. If you're right. gonna be on camera and just think, it's like, I'll get a philosopher to do that they'll probably do it for free they'll be happy for the exposure (laughs) so 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 here's here's what i know is it is a a visual active action-based medium now you go you you rightly say hang on though i'd seen so many news anchors okay that were still because they're the anchor because they're the anchor they sit in the studio and they anchor the Ah. news to fact and truth it is their job to go i am so confident that this is factual that i can sit here with millions of dollars of equipment around me and people will point it at me because i am the fact and the truth and then they go and now here's the weather and somebody would go look we, we have no factual basis on this whatsoever because it seems to change moment to moment but here's my best prediction for yes, the right. you're right the weather guy's the only one who brought it to life look at what's right. happening over here because it's meteorology and it's inherently boring and yes. rarely turns out to be accurate especially back in the old days it was rarely accurate yes so they got to animate the frame when you went to the outside broadcast you'd suddenly got somebody with a microphone and they're, yes. up and they're excited okay because they're there and the anchor anchors it back so what what classically happens when people approach video is they only look at one part of history one right. portion of it and they go well that's how you do it and i guarantee that is only how they did it then and there's a million and one ways of doing it there are principles so look here's here's the principle is that your brain likes more information rather than less information and when insufficient data it defaults to negatives okay so if if i am the anchor i'm now giving you insufficient data around what's happening in my hands and the rest of my body and because look i I win very little status because i don't have the icon of a national television show down in my you know corner here so how do you know how to trust me what basis do you go we trust mark more than anybody else 
I start to show you more data. I show you open palm gestures. Okay. And now, by the way, the shot is moving. Okay. Yeah, now I'm right. using the visual medium. So now I'm attracting your attention because I'm in competition with YouTube right now. Okay. I'm literally yeah. in competition with that. So I'm moving in the frame. I'm animating the frame. Great word, animation from the Latin anima, literally to be alive, to be alive. I am live with you right now. I'm showing you open palm gestures, which is a universal signal for no tools, no weapons, nothing in my hands. I'm which is why we it. shake hands, right? We I'll shake, shake hands shake to go, hands. look, yeah. feel it. Nothing in yeah. my hands. I'm not aggressive. No sword, no knife, no tool, nothing. I'm also showing you what we call baton gestures. These are the gestures that conduct along to the rhythm of my speech. That helps you understand that my rhythm of movement is the same as my rhythm of speech. The more aligned they are, the more you think I'm telling you the truth, that I am, I am reliable because ah. my body is connected with my words. And the more they feel connected, you'll go, the more reliable they are because your instinct knows when I'm making up a story, when I'm not telling you the truth, when I'm lying, I have to stop myself lying. I, I have to, sorry, I have to stop myself telling the truth. I have right. to make up a new story. I have to- It goes you know, back to our stuttering thing before, right? right? The stuttering thing will, and, and the movement will not fit the words. Okay, so this is brilliant, Mark. This is brilliant. So you just made me have an epiphany just at this moment that I haven't had before. First of all, I realized that as much as my natural way of talking is very much the way you just described, right. in my role as a podcast host, I'm acting as the anchor. Yes. And and so I'm purposely not showing you my hands because I'm here to ground the visual image so that the attention is on you. Right. That, that's number one. So, right. so this is really a great lesson in that it's not that both of us have to be doing it, but the, the takeaway is that as you as you just described it, the person who was the anchor was reading the news. They were not the star of the show per yes. se, right? And so, so realizing that the, the credibility that came from, um, in effect, being very bland and boring, and and the idea was all I'm here just to give you the facts. So I'm thinking about Walter Cronkite yeah. in, in the United States, right? He was the most trusted man in America. And maybe the most iconic broadcast he ever did was when he announced that JFK had been killed. And and if you remember, you know, he he took off his glasses and he just yeah. you know, wiped this tear away from his eye. And no one had ever seen him ever express emotion like, right. and it was it was so powerful. And they had, the whole country realized, like, oh my God, this is bad, right? That's the first thing I just learned from what you said. The second thing that is is just resonating in me is this notion of speech. So if I can go back to a President mm. Kennedy example, I, I noticed two things. President Kennedy didn't do this. He didn't say, ask not what. He did this, right? Mm -hmm. he, he had, and in this case, I guess it was a closed palm, but he said, ask not what your country can do for you. And so he had the rhythm of the gesture. And of course, other politicians like Bill Clinton, they all picked up on this, this unconscious pattern that was oozing with credibility, you've just diagnosed it for us. Right, right. So look, it, you've got to make this a visual moving medium. Just as you say, Mark, not everybody has to move. That will be what we call split focus. Like nobody will know what to, 
what right. to look at. If you move at the rate that I do at the same time as I'm moving, nobody will know right. what- You can't to watch both of us. Yeah, yeah. So, so actually what you're doing quite well, I would suggest is what you're doing is you're emulating the behaviors that you'd like to see in the audience. So you're focused on me, right. you're still, you're listening. Basically what you're doing is going, hey audience, here's the way to pay attention to Mark. Yes. Here's what you wanna do around Mark. Be still, watch carefully, listen carefully. So, so again, that is, that is good use of nonverbal communication. Any salesperson, anybody in sales who shows up or leadership who shows up on video can take a, a page from that in that when the client is talking, focus on them, look, look down the barrel of the lens at yeah. them and let them see that you are fixated on what they're saying. Make them the focus of it. So yeah, so I'm animated. You heard me there go, make them the focus of it. Yes. When and, this hand moves. Did you practice this, Marmy? Do I know it's natural now, but did you practice consciously synchronizing your gestures to what you are saying? So our gestures are designed to synchronize when we're being um, honest. When we're being, yeah. when we think, when we think we we're doing the right thing. Yes, I okay? got it. Because because the brain goes, well, you're doing the right thing. We know how to do the right thing. Yes, we've got yes. this set in our mind. When you are focused, your your body will fit in with your mind, and vice versa. All I'm doing is focusing. That's all. I'm going. There is nothing else that matters right now, other than me getting this message across to Mark and through Mark to the audience. Because essentially, Mark, what you're being right now is the avatar of the audience. Exactly. You are being the representative of the audience, okay? Yes. And, and because they like you, they're more likely to like me. And the more you look like you like me, the more they'll go, well, I like Mark and Mark seems to like Mark. So right, let's, right. let's engage with the, with, the, with, the, with the content here. Why is it so important for people to understand in this medium, to look in the camera versus look somewhere else on the screen. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so let's let's look at eye contact. Uh, we as social mammals, there are other social mammals on the planet. The majority of them have eyes on the side of their head, not on the front. We are hunter gatherers, and so we have uh, eyes on the front of our head because we are going to judge distance really well and we're going to signal to each other silently as to where the value is that there's prey over there or there's fruit over there and don't make too much noise because we might disturb a predator yeah. so we we indicate things of value by focusing our eyes on them if i look at you down this camera your brain goes oh i'm the ripe fruit i'm the thing of value I'm the important thing. If I focus my eye contact on something else, same same voice, same focus on the content for you. I can say, Mark, you and your audience are so important to me today. You know, I'm so happy to have shown up in order to focus on you and the audience. Doesn't feel the same going, at all. We're not important. Yeah. We're not important. Yeah. You know, because we've got millennia of history that says the eyes will focus on the most valuable thing. Now, on top of, and by the way, you have a neurochemical that tells your brain that that's happening. Okay. And it's called dopamine. When we get strong 
eye contact within close proximity and there's no danger around us, we're pretty safe, levels of dopamine spike. And dopamine is the neurotransmitter that tells your brain things are gonna get good. This is an optimistic environment. Hang out here because there's gonna be a payoff to this. So if I wanna engage you in this environment, Okay, and I have zero status. I haven't got an icon down here of a of a TV channel. Sure. And you know, I'm in my own home. And you know, who on earth am I? I just lock eye contact with you. And I go, it doesn't matter who I am. It's how important you are. That's really a really important thing. Now, the other yeah. thing on top of this, Mark, is I'm not getting height dominance on you. Let me just raise myself to height dominance. Okay, now I've got slight height dominance mm -hmm. on you. Okay, you're not height dominant on me. Let me take my eye line down. Yes, so that you have height dominance on me. Yeah. We are on the eye level. You're as tall as I am. I have as much stature as you have. That's right another now. important piece I had never yeah. considered until you just said it. And this little device that we just showed by allowing you to raise the camera up so that you can be looking at somebody, you know, right. you're looking at the camera, but it's on the level versus with any kind of, yeah, that's, that's really significant. Yeah, right. that little, that little device. And let me show you my, my setup. Well, first of all, look, let me show you what most people's video calls uh, look like. Okay. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it's that, amazing the contrast yeah. it's awful so, yeah. you know the lighting is, is not right this is because i'm using my laptop as a laptop and I'm right not and by the way for the human face for there's very few of us the it, brad pitt and angelina right it, the, the the view up the nose is not a good look for any of us yeah how many great films do the up up the nose shot how many great <laughs> film directors are like okay let's set up the prime lens because let's do the up the nose shot right so it doesn't exist doesn't exist in film, what paintings, what great masterpieces have they yeah. gone? Well, look, let's look up the nose right. of, of the nope. subject. It never, never happens. So look, you know, the first thing you're going to want to do. Just what you're doing, the, the, um, the actual comparison of, of right now I'm on Zoom, right, with, a, yeah. with my camera on the level with light. And yeah. now you have just this natural light off your, your uh, web camera from your, I'm sorry, your laptop camera and then if yeah. you pivot back because i almost I, now that i've seen the other one like this yeah, it's yeah, actually harder to look let me, at let me show you this one there we go yeah it's literally as if you just went through makeup and and you know, like seriously it's a meaningful different in tone and everything yeah. but you might look here's here's what i want to tell you the camera that i just went to that is like two thousand dollars of camera okay mm -hmm. so you might go oh well gee mark's got a great lens and mark's got a great camera let me just show you something, okay? I'm going to go back to my laptop camera here, and, and you can go, okay, that's, that's not very good. Let me just fix this for you for zero money. Okay. I'm going to get my waste paper basket. I'm going to yep. pour out the waste paper. I'm yep. going to get my laptop. I'm going to stick it on top of there like that. I'm going to adjust that yep. like that. 80% better. Right. So I got 80% better. And I spent like zero. zero money, yeah. zero money. It isn't about equipment on the whole. It's about setup. It's always about structure. It's never about content. It's really about structure. I would say how much, how much better is that? Mark, it's fantastic. Look, we have time for one more question. Yeah, and you, you know, you may have just answered it, 
My question is, based on your experience, what's the most important skill that you think people should learn or improve today in this virtual slash hybrid world? Yeah, so look, I'm gonna be biased, obviously, because I'm a communication <laughs> coach and trainer, and, 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 and I'm gonna be quite general, and I'm gonna say, but, but this will be useful for you, even though it's general. Now's the time to double down on your communication skill. Okay. And I'm telling, I'm especially, look, if, if you don't take this advice and you have kids right now, give this advice to them because they will thank you for it and you'll thank you for it. Okay. Just recently, what's happened over the last year and a half is people haven't seen other people face to face. Sure. Okay. And there is a communication deficit and there are certain jobs out there that that are high you know high net worth jobs and they rely on bit on very good communication skills okay there is now a deficit there is a year and a half of of people not getting the practice in okay that that they're not going to be able to make up for that if you double down right now either you or your kids or anybody you love and care about doubles down on upping their skill on communication now they will leave the stratosphere compared to most people right now. Okay, now it's a sad thing to say because we're going, hey, <clears throat> they've got a deficit over there. What are we gonna do about, about that? Sure, if you wanna help them, if you wanna buy training for them, if you wanna do all of that stuff, great, do help provide. Mm -hmm. But first of all, look to yourself, okay? Cause you're gonna have to raise the funds for that anyway. And that will right. take some communication. Okay, look to yourself and think, what can I do on a daily basis to raise my communication skill? Because the gap, I will widen the gap so wide right now. And, that, and that's what I'm experiencing. Maybe you're experiencing the same as the people who are trying to work out how to do this really well. The gap is just crazy. It is. It's, it's, just it's so interesting. I mean, uh, if I can paraphrase what Mark's saying, if you do nothing else, get the garbage can and get the camera up to a level. And Mark, I'll leave you with this thought. Um, my co-founder, Yu Chun Li, we just had a meeting. He was back in the office. Yeah. And he called me afterwards say, I just realized something. I have a better setup for virtual communication at home than I do at the office. And right. so for many of us, you're gonna need to have it in both places because it's very hard once you're used to using good equipment and just a, you know simple things, lights and, and having the computer at the right level and such it's very hard to go back to that camera up the nose thing. Like you just don't want to do it. So Mark, this has been terrific. I really appreciate this time. Uh, if, if our viewers and listeners want to learn more about you um, and about your programs, what's the best way to do this? Yeah, find me at truthplane.com, T-R-U-T-H-P-L-A-N-E, truthplane.com. Link in with me. I answer questions all day, every day on LinkedIn. If you've got more questions for me, just link in with me. That's a great way. I'll just stick Mark Bowden in Google and you will find me. You're very welcome to reach out. You're welcome around my home any day of the week. I'll be sitting here. Mark, I'm going to leave you with the words of uh, even though you're British, you're living in Toronto with another Canadian uh, who was a communication expert named Marshall McLuhan. Yeah. And he said, the medium is the message. And you have continued to demonstrate the power of that phrase all these years later. So thanks so much for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Good to see you, Mark. I'm, I'm going to come back whenever you want me. Thanks so much. 
Thanks for joining us this week on Adapters Advantage, available on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you visit our website, alego.com, where you can subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. If you liked this show, you might want to check out our virtual training kit to learn how to keep a remote team running at full speed. Go to alego.com slash virtual to download your kit today. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. And don't forget, one new idea can change your life.